Hi, friends. Your doctor friend Julie here. So when Jeremy and I started this show about a year ago, we wanted to make something that was both entertaining, but also informative and evidence-based and something you'd actually want to listen to. So at our one-year anniversary, we want to know your feedback. What have we done well? What could we do better? What do you want to hear in year two? So we've designed an audience survey that we would love for you to take. So please go do that right now. Pause the podcast. The link is in the show notes. It's yourdoctorfriendspodcast.com slash survey. And as a thank you, we're going to raffle off uh, one $50 gift card to Amazon for people who complete the survey. Now, remember to be included in this raffle. You do need to give your name and email address. But if you don't want to be included, this will be optional and you can remain anonymous. The survey should take no more than five minutes. And we really appreciate your time as we try to make a show that's even better in year two. So again, that's yourdoctorfriendspodcast.com slash survey, or click the link in the show notes. We're going to keep the survey open only until June 16th, so please complete it by then. And with that, let's get back to some hot, fresh new content for you. Love y'all. Jeremy. Julie. 10,000 is a nice round number, don't you think? 10,000, like, dollars? Sure. Are you offering? Sure. It is a beautiful, <laughs> it is a beautiful number. Yeah, there's a lot of zeros. Where are you going do with you that? Think, do you think it's why it's been touted for years as the desirable daily step goal? I have no it's idea pretty... why it's, t- I, I, I honestly have no idea why it's been touted. I, I remember my first Fitbit and that was the first time I was told I was supposed to have 10,000 <laughs> steps and I, maybe they did Fitbit just invent it. I, we'll get to that. But yeah, I remember when you would get 10,000 and it would like have little, um, mm-hmm. like eight bit looking um, fireworks that would go off. Those were cute. I got really excited every time and it would like buzz and you'd get all excited. Yeah, I, I definitely remember those moments. <laughs> um, how many steps do you shoot for in a day, Jeremy? Um, it's a loaded question because I don't shoot for any steps anymore ever. Good. But if you asked the Fitbit wearing person that we hmm. just were talking about, yes. I didn't think about it until I wore it. And then I was like, oh yeah, 10,000. I, I walk around all day. I see patients. I'm up out of my chair all the time. And I'd get home and be like 4,500. Like, <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Um, so I would always shoot for 10,000 because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Awesome. Have you ever given the explanation or excuse of, oh, got to go get my steps in? Uh, yeah. And actually, now that you say that, I, I like have these vivid memories of like, I had like 9750 and I'm yeah. it's like I'm it's like bedtime and I'm just walking back and forth from in front of the bed. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. done that, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, cuz you want to have a nice round number and you want to see the fireworks. Yeah. I, I feel like I've done it if I'm like <laughs> there's a conversation that I want to get out of where it's like, "Oh, I got to go. Sorry, I got to get my steps in. Bye-bye." Yeah. <laughs> I just got 10,000 brushing my teeth. I did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. So let's answer some questions. So where did the 10K per day number come from? Is there data on the health benefit of striving for this number? Is more better? Can less be just as good? Do I need some kind of fancy wearable fitness tracker? Jeremy, how many fitness trackers are you wearing right now? Uh, one. I, I, I am actually only wearing one fitness tracker. Oh, you, you're, you're, you're all in on Whoop, baby? Yeah, I don't have the Apple on because I don't want the notifications. <laughs> what if you left alone? I yeah. still have two. That's insane. All yeah. right. So I think we should delve into where the 10,000 steps per day came from. Is it valid? Is that what we should shoot for? Should we shoot for anything? Let's debunk it or rebunk it. So let's walk and talk, friends. 
Welcome to your doctor friends, the show that teaches you to sniff out the garbage and answers all the questions that you wish you could call or text your doctor friend. My name's Julie Bruni. And I'm Jeremy Allen. And we are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes. We know that you have questions and we want to help. We want to be your doctor friends. Friends, I wanted to tell you about an awesome opportunity with Whoop. Whoop, as you may be familiar with our episode with Kristen Holmes, is a wearable tracker that does a great job of showing things like sleep and recovery and your strain. I know personally for me, it has been invaluable when it comes to my sleep and recovery. I noticed that specifically on nights that I decide to partake in an alcoholic drink, my recovery and heart rate variability in the morning is much worse. So I have been much more selective on my nights of having alcohol. The opportunity that we have for you is to get one month free to try Whoop. No questions asked. They'll send you the band. You'll just pay shipping and you'll be able to try it for a month. The way to get this opportunity is to go to join.whoop.com slash your doctor friends. We will also include the link in the show notes. And again, one month free to try Whoop. I know Julie and I have been loving our opportunity to use Whoop and we look forward to sharing that with you as well. All right, we're back. So to begin, where the health did 10K per day come from? Ooh, throwback. Throwback to throwback to what the health in year two. <laughs> they're vintage. Uh, they're on they're on LP. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Co- color me color me intrigued here, Julie. I yeah. feel like I've seen a lot of headlines recently about this yeah. like ten thousand step thing. Am I am, am I off on that? Because this yes. ten thousand steps has been around for I mean, I mean, the original Fitbit was what, when I was like 20 years ago, I have no idea, but yeah. like, is it a big thing right now? Are we topical? Yeah, th- we are topical. We're very top. Well, we're, we're probably a little bit after talk- topical, but yeah, I'll get into that. I think there's been a lot of chatter recently about basically kind of talking about kind of debunking it. Um, and we'll get into it. There was a recent study uh, in the JAMA open network um, that, that we'll get into, but I, I wanted to start with where this, where the, even the 10,000 came from. And I think this is really cute. And I love this story and I hope it's true. I've seen it. I I saw it on many different sources. Um, So I'm just going to, you know, go with it. So according to an article in Popular Science by the Harvard epidemiologist, Aimin Lee. So in 1965, a Japanese company called Yamasa Clock or yeah, Yamasa, Yamasa, Y-A-M-A-S-A, Clock, created a personal fitness pedometer called the Manpo K, which means... Yeah, which means 10,000 steps meter. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so they created this pedometer, and it was called the 10,000 steps meter. The Japanese character for 10,000 looks almost like a person walking or running, which is likely how the gadget maker landed on the name and the number. So, I mean, that's science. <laughs> Hashtag science. <laughs> and again, I hope this is true, because I didn't really look up the actual Japanese character for 10,000, so it might just be a big middle finger to me. But um, but this sounds true, which is, you know. Well, I feel like anytime you read about a healthcare story and you're like, where did that originate? And then you go back and it's some anecdote of somebody making up something based on something that had nothing to completely do with healthcare. So yes. I think it probably fits the an- the, the anecdote that we usually yeah. hear around here. Sure. So, yeah. So it came from this in 1965, which is a really long time ago. So that's sort of where this began. And then it's it's sort of spun out from, you know, Fitbit and different other fitness trackers. So in general, 10,000 steps translates to how much American distance would you think, Jeremy? Uh, definitely more than a physician walking around the office during the day is what I've learned. Um, I don't know, a couple <laughs> miles. Yeah, it's about five miles. 
five. Oh, no, depending on your length of your stride, but yeah, around five miles. And I've seen that before when I've kind of tracked how my steps on my, um, yeah, on, on my fitness tracker of, of oh, you got ten thousand, and I'm around five miles typically. So that's probably another reason why it's it's helpful because like oh, five miles is also a nice like oh, that sounds like a good number. Um, so getting into why it's sort of topical um, around the news outlets right now. So there was a recent study by Kosuke Inoue. Uh, a physician in the JAMA Open Network, and it was called, quote, the Association of Daily Step Patterns with Mortality in U.S. Adults. So researchers used data previously collected from the 2005 and 2006 National Health and Nutrition Examination Surveys. So these are long-running nationally representative surveys conducted by the CDC. Um, This in particular had 3,101 participants, and they tracked their daily steps for a week as well as their, they looked at the mortality data for at least 10 years. So the participants' average age was 50, about half of them were women, and about half of them were white. The results show that the participants who walked at least 8,000 steps, or about four miles, one to two days per week, were 15, 1-5, 15% less likely to die within 10 years than people that didn't. But the benefits plateaued after walking more than 8,000 steps three days per week. So those that walked more than that, so more than 8K or four or more days per week, didn't see any further reductions in their mortality risk. So anywhere between 6,000 and 10,000 steps seemed to show benefits too. So it didn't need to be you know, exactly eight or above. Anywhere between six and 10 for three days per week seemed to show a reduction, a pretty significant reduction in mortality in these folks. So... Some questions. Well, first of all, any any responses or reactions to that information? Yeah, I have a few actually. The so I, I guess I'm kind of confused. So they measured their steps for one week. That's or they what it sounds like. Weekly. I it, the the data says one week. So they measured. So it. they like measured it like uh, April 12th to April 19th. They measured it yes. and then they studied how long that affected me dying 20 years later. Like that. Yeah, seems... I think that they used it as a as an example of like in this one week you know, is this representative of the amount of steps that usually take in a week? Okay. So the people kind of like in a survey say like, it wasn't a weird week for me. Okay. Yes, exactly. And and did they say how they tracked it? Like, was it like a, like a wearable or something? I I don't know. So I guess the the reason I, (laughs) yeah, thank you. I'm good for questions. and And you're throwing me under the bus right now, Jeremy. Well, so the reason I asked the question though is I just don't understand why they only did it for one week. If it was like a wearable, like why? I was like, why are you give it for more time? Because I think it's just because it was a survey. It's like probably was like in the last week, you know. All right. Well, well, this is why it's popular right now. I'm going to lay off of the study for a second. I I have one more comment. This is a perfect example of association, not causation, which has probably come up in many of our other episodes and will probably come up in many future episodes. The they are saying that. If you walk that certain amount, you had an associated less likelihood of dying, but we can't tell you that it's because you did the walking. Exactly. Yes. And that's exactly what I'm going to get into. Ah, This is such a good segue into my next point. So yes, how applicable is this study and what are the potential biases? So you're you're absolutely right. This is not, you know, correlation and causation are not the same thing. So what are the biases? So yes, the participants who took 8,000 or more steps during the week were also more likely to have never smoked. They had lower weights, they did not have mobility limitations, and they were less likely to have other conditions such as diabetes or hypertension. So these clearly confounding variables there. Yeah, if you walk more than 8,000 steps a week, you are 
probably capable and healthier than if you were walking less than 8,000 steps a week yes. on a general whole. Is that what we're right. applying here? Yes, exactly. And as you said, as you said before, the author's note, the participant steps were only measured for one week at baseline. So their walking habits may have changed during the following decade for, for which they got their mortality data. That's such a bold statement. I have no idea why they just like, why did you only track it for one week? Like, could you get it? They, they were renting their trackers from the library and they had to be back a week later. Like, I just don't, like, I just am so surprised at how small. 3,100 people. I, well, 3,101. Don't forget that and one. one. Sorry, that, that one. That one, one person that they had in there. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I think I misquoted. So it, it, it's not 8,000 steps a week. It's 8,000 steps a day, three times a week, right? Correct. Yes. So 24,000 steps plus. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good I'm doing my own math. Maths. Yes. I'm, um, I'm currently writing out actually my next week's walking. That's what I need to know. <laughs> so it's possible that the people that were able to walk that many steps that frequently were less likely to die within 10 years for reasons unrelated to walking, such as like medication adherence, smoking status of family members, genetics, etc. This was what uh, the researcher Inouye, Dr. Inouye said. So Yeah, and I, another thought I just had. So th- this yeah. is another example of like, so we're, we're trying to figure out if 10,000 steps actually has any meaning around here. And sure. so this was not a situation where they took people and randomized them and had them walk 10,000 steps to see if 10,000 steps meant anything. This was right. people just taking their usual steps and then they saw in their data that 8,000 was the number. Yes, so it's not to say that it's not valuable. It's just, again, it doesn't really tell us whether 10,000 is a stupid number. It just tells us that 8,000 may be a better number if we're just looking sure. at old data. Yeah? Yes, correct. Okay. I, I think that that's a um, reasonable summation. I'm with you. Journal Club, okay. next uh, next topic. <laughs> right. Well, they were saying, too, yeah, this was also said by Inouye, Dr. Inouye, although the study has its limitations, Inouye explained that the findings are important, quote, given that a lack of time is one of the major barriers to exercise in modern society. They suggest, quote, that for individuals who face difficulties in exercising regularly, achieving re- recommended daily steps only for a couple of days per week may have meaningful health benefits, he said. So I, mean, I think that's a great point. With it, the, the, What he's extrapolating from it is, again, like, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah, I mean, I could buy that. I don't have a lot of qualms with that statement. There's a lot of hedging with maize and whatever in there. But but sure. ultimately, I think, you know, moving is good. And and I think that there's no there's no debate from your doctor friends on that. I think more movement is better and steps are democratically available. People can do steps, generally speaking, unless you are a guest. Now that I think about it, that's a poor statement because disabled, you wouldn't be able to do that. So I guess in the sense that you can walk and you are an able-bodied person, steps are democratically available. <laughs> Any other uh, caveats you want to make to those statements? No, I'm doing my best to be as inclusive as possible uh, while also listening to your data. So hopefully. I... <laughs> well, it's interesting. And it's, it's, I think it's fun that this came out. And this is why they the create this um, health news, you know, bullet points that I find so interesting. And I would love, I mean, we've, we've talked a bit back and forth about reaching out to some of our friends that work in local and, and even the national media to talk about how do, how do, how does the news person digest these pieces of information and then turn it into 
something that's put on a national platform so that we can all consume it. Like, how does, I want to know how the sausage is made there because someone's in charge of that. And I would love to know how they make the decisions based on what's newsworthy. And clearly somebody found this to be newsworthy because we've been hearing about it on a lot of different outlets. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think anytime that there's something that changes that, that applies to a lot of people, which I mean, the fact that we're doing a 10,000 step episode, you know, with our hundreds of thousands of listeners clearly means (laughs) that, but like, I think the concept is, is that, that, that we had a wearables episode for a reason. Like people are tracking their steps. People give a shit about this. Um, and I think the emphasis here, at least the interest that you and I had expressed was why 10,000 or like, why even do step counts? Like do steps even matter? Yeah. Right. Like, like what should we be tracking and what matters? And, and again, our wearable episode with, with Kristen Holmes is a great one to go back and listen to yeah. in terms of more tan, you know, tangible data. That's not just steps, but what I'm right. hearing from you from this recent study that comes out is steps may be helpful I, I think the way I don't think this changes my thinking on anything. I think it makes yeah. me feel like people should be moving and they should be not sitting for long periods of time. And if the way that you're going to measure that is step count, then that's fine. And if the difference between you, like like listening into the study and saying, "Well, shoot, I was going for ten thousand before, and now I'm going to do eight thousand. I'm not sure you really just changed your life a, a whole lot. So, you know, again, I'm just not sure that this this is a huge ripple effect. I don't know if it had a different effect on you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think people like to set goals. I think people like to have attainable goals. I think it's fun. Yeah, like what what is it in us that likes to see those little fireworks go off? I think you like to track your achievements too. So the same way that I, I think sometimes it can be a little difficult to do that. Like we don't have star charts like you have for your kids at home where it's like, yeah, I did my thing sometimes. it's. I think sometimes it's nice to see a visual manifestation of your work or of your hard work. And that doesn't always happen. So I think people, myself included, like to take the win and like to be like, ah, I did my thing today. What a nice little, nice little moment I get to have of, yeah. of enjoying that I did the thing. Um, because not everything is measurable. And so I think sometimes when you get something that's measurable and you feel like it's an accomplishment, you get to be proud of that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's why the Fitbit vibrated like 17 times when you did it. So, and it did feel good when it happened. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, Did you notice in any of like looking at the paper by Dr. Inouye, did you, did he reference any like prior studies that looked at similar things that he was either corroborating or debunking or, you know what I'm saying? Was there anything mentioned in there about that? Uh, You're asking if I did more homework than I did. And the answer is I did not. Fair. I just, I just don't completely understand like why they did the study anyways. Um, I think it was a, it was picking apart uh, a big pile of data and seeing what was there. Yeah. And I think that the concept was, you know, looking at, yeah, let's go back to the title of it, which was association of daily step patterns with mortality in us adults. Okay. And so this was, I think, the biggest pool of information. And it was like, all right, well, let's use that because we already have it. It's from 05 to 06. And it was a big chunk of data. But yeah, all I right. agree. I think that there's many flaws to it. Okay. So consensus statement from your doctor friends about 10,000 steps is it the, the numbers bullshit. It may have come from Japanese folklore. And... <laughs> folklore. <laughs> 
Well, it was it wasn't I mean the symbol itself is not folklore, but isn't like the story about how they picked it kind of like Kind of, but I don't know kind if you press something from a 1965 folklore. I would think like 1765. I guess we have to have another episode on what defines folklore. The yeah. um, So, but the 10,000 is bullshit. 8,000, I don't know. I, I guess the point is, is like, yeah. like if you need goals, it seems like based on this study, 8,000 should be your goal. I think what I would be telling individuals listening to the show is, spend two to three weeks seeing what your daily step counts are if you're actually tracking them and then make a goal. That's a little bit above that. I don't know. Like if you're getting 6,000 a week and you want to do better, try to get 7,000 and see. 6,000 a week is probably quite poor. I think that would be 6,000 an entire week would be getting up and going to the job. Yeah. I do need to be like corrected a (laughs) hundred times in this episode because I do keep saying that 6,000, a day, and I guess in this case, three times a week. Um, yeah. it, like, that's the, that was the, the other part of it, is that you don't have to do it seven days a week to see the the health outcome benefit, which sure. was a modest um, reduction in mortality. I think it's an awesome point, actually, because I do think we as a society tend to go all in on these things. Yes. We find out that there's something that we need to do, and the study says we need to do it for this long at this amount. And like, if we don't do it, then our mortality is going to go up. And that is not what these studies are saying. This study says it more or less seems like it probably is better for you that if you're doing this many steps during the week, but if you do a little less, you still may be okay. I agree. I agree. And really, I think it's so difficult to conceptualize the idea of, I want to not die. You know, like every, every single moment of my life, uh, there's parts of my brain and my body that are actively preventing me from trying not to die. Um, but again, like, I think sometimes it's hard to conceptualize of like, okay, well, if I, if I walk a little bit more, if I eat this thing a little bit more, a little bit less. And again, like that's what the whole sort of wellness industry wants you to, to buy into is that if you do these things a little bit more, if you think this way a little bit more, or you worry about this a little bit more, you're less likely to drop dead. (laughs) And really what it comes down to is that we don't really have the control over that, that we thought we, we think we do. Um, but it, it does take these little things that make us feel a little bit more in control of our, of our health and our mortality. And so I don't begrudge people for wanting to have a step goal because I think it's nice. I don't know, to, to check something off of your list. Like when I make a to-do list of all the things that I have to do for the day. And usually my joke, and I've made it a couple times is I put things on there that I've pretty much already done so I can check them off. If you were to have somebody not do a step count and tell them to do something else to track, do you have anything that you would recommend? Oh, that's a good one. I think I I gained a lot of insight into how much good data there is to be had through our Whoop episode with Kristen Holmes. I really am so curious and interested and want to talk more about heart rate variability and seeing how that kind of changes I don't know, like that, again, like I love that 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 is a good marker for um, your recovery and your like ability to go do safely and happily. And I just find those markers that I don't have to think about, but I can look at them and it's sort of a a reflection of how my, how, again, how the inner workings are doing their job. I find that stuff interesting. Totally agree. I think in in the effort to, you know, make our 10,000 step 
episode probably last the length of time it would take for somebody to do X amount of steps, right? But, but, but the, to, to keep a snack episode, I think I agree with you. I think that heart rate is kind of where I'd probably spend most of my yeah. time. So, you know, even the conversation the about zones. like, you should be getting mm-hmm. to a certain amount of, you know, heart rate zone two and heart rate zone five are probably the ones that seem to have the most value based on our conversation. And, and again, so maybe defining like, you know, what's my resting heart rate and that gives you an insight into some health yeah. factors you know, what does my heart rate do when I do some form of exercise? Like how quickly does it go up and how quickly does it come down? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have sophisticated enough tools to look at heart rate variability, I think that those are all very, very powerful indicators, but it obviously requires a little bit more investment or sophistication to get some of those, those outcomes. And I think heart rate, meaning being able to measure your heart rate, you could frankly do just feeling your pulse. Um, And so if somebody wanted to just start off by saying, you know, I took my heart rate, uh, you know, when I woke up in the morning, I took it in the middle of the day and I took it at the end of the day. And this is what my resting heart rates were. And then I did it, you know, before, during and after exercise. And these were where they are. You could get a pr- probably a pretty good sense of like how your heart's responding to both being sedentary and also moving. And then yeah. try to then say, I'm going to make X behavior change. So I'd like to move more. Let's just say I'm going to do more steps, but I'm not going to count them. And then a month later, I'm going to do or two months later, I'm going to do the same measurements and see kind of like what changes. Yeah. And I kind of feel like heart rate would probably be a better way of saying you're making a difference on your overall health, at least measuring it. Yeah. That would it be what I would me. leave people listening with. Yeah. It's funny. That reminds me, like, I feel like there was a big plug into like heart rate and max heart rate and, and your percentage of max heart rate. I feel like that happened like in the nineties yeah. and then, um, and, and it caught on for a while and then it kind of like fell off for a bit. Maybe this just, it just was in my reality. But I feel like when I'm th- looking at like heart rate charts, it, they, they all seem to be in like <laughs> 90s and early 2000s font. Um, but I will tell you, I agree with you 100%. And I feel like what what Kristen Holmes was telling me to do after our WHOOP episode about like getting into more, you know, zone five a few days or a few, just for brief periods for a couple times a week, it totally changed my exercise patterns. I started running again. Yeah. Um, and it, and it and doesn't have to be a lot, right? It's just like yeah. small intervals, right? Yeah. yeah. It's great. Little chunks. And it really, I mean, for me, and I think sometimes it's even nice to even break it down other than something that you can't necessarily, like, yeah, I think she said something like something that do exercise that makes you a little bit breathless or makes you sweat a bit, you know, like that will probably get your heart rate up as well. But so sometimes it's nice to just make it the, um, I don't know, the most digestible way of thinking about it. Of, yeah. That's a really good point that the being able to measure the zones by kind of like how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, meaning if, you know, like you can hold a conversation versus, and, and right. you can find those measurements online. But I think that that's, that's great. I, I think this is great. I think we, I, I think we did a good job of basically saying 10,000 steps is fine goal yeah. if you want to, but I don't, I don't know how much a difference you're making. And it's in the news because this study was there and kind of weird yeah. and, and right. not, all, not all that helpful. <laughs> Well, I still, again, I think we should follow our friend Reagan Chastain and commit to pleasurable movement, meaning find what you like and find what movement feels good for you and your body. Yes. I like that. Listen, yeah. You'll live listen longer Ra- if you're moving. Yeah. Right. Listen to Reagan and listen to your doctor friends. <laughs> the amazing music is credited to Skillcell with Pixabay licensure. The podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast should not be taken as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult a medical professional for any medical issues that you may be having. 
The contents of this podcast are the opinions of the hosts only and do not reflect the opinions of their employers or affiliations. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Julie Bruni or Dr. Jeremy Allen or any guest to the podcast be responsible for damages arising from use of the podcast. Thank you.